welcome to From the Recruit. My name is John, and well, this podcast is uh, very delayed. Don't ask. Uh, but last night, Mike and I went live on Facebook. That was on Monday night, uh, and we had a discussion about the Liverpool game uh, and about some other things that are going on around the club. So this will be this week's podcast. A little bit delayed, but thank you so much uh, for downloading it, as we thank you every single week uh, for lending us your ears uh, and taking up your time. Uh, so go back now in time to me last night, live in my sitting room on Facebook. Live from his own home, Mike Parking. Good evening, Michael. Did I just hear you say positives? Uh, well, you know, we've got to try and find it. Like, like, oh, actually, I think that's basically my job for tonight because, hey, I'm broadcasting with Michael Parkin. I can't actually find myself uh, to say the score. By the way, have you got a beer? Yep. Only thing that was only thing that's going to do cu- the job for this. I've got tea. I feel like I'm underprepared. I can't actually say the score, but Google can for me. I don't know if you hear this. Hey, Google, what was the Watford score on Saturday? Last Saturday, they played Liverpool. The final score was 5-0 to Liverpool. Oh, it, God. <laughs> it wasn't the best. Michael, what I often do in this pod- when we do the podcast, I often get your, your feelings on a game uh, afterwards. So after Watford losing 5-0 uh, away at mm. Liverpool, how are you feeling? Oh, a little bit resigned, actually, I was feeling on Sunday, which is, uh, I feel quite ashamed to say. Really frustrated watching the game. I was Luckily, I wasn't Anfield uh, this time. I was there last year for the, the 6-1, and I have spent the last couple of days trying to work out which one was worse. And... Uh, I think this one's marginally worse because we didn't score, did we? But um, what was really disappointing was that we conceded so early. I think Geordie, Geordie pointed out on the, on the WhatsApp we conceded early against Arsenal the other week. Uh, we conceded early against Manchester City away. And it's just such a recurring theme, isn't it, that these big games that we go into when what you absolutely have to do if you're going to get anything out of these games, where realistically you don't expect to get anything, but if you are going to cause some sort of upset, you need to stay in the game. And all too often we're giving away a goal away far too early. And yeah, we have to preface everything by saying that going forward, uh, Liverpool are obviously absolutely brilliant. Most Salah is having an absolutely incredible season. But I just thought we made it far too easy for them. And it's another example of a game against a big team when we've basically completely rolled over. We've let five in against Liverpool. We let three in against them at home. We let six in uh, against Manchester City uh, for the well, how much did we lose by last year? So, but you get the picture. We're we're getting yeah. thrashed on a on a semi regular basis when we play okay, here's my thing, teams right. in the top six. And for me, let me finish, boy. All right. <laughs> I don't think that's good enough. I really don't think because if you look at the other sides, yeah, we, teams get turned over all the time. It's, it's, it's the way of the Premier League. There is a pecking order, and that's what happens. But for us to get thrashed on a uh, semi-regular basis is, is really disappointing. Uh, I would say, though, that was actually in the first year of, uh, of being back with Kike. That's one thing that never did happen. We didn't get thrashed at any point whatsoever. Didn't um, Tottenham absolutely smash us? Yeah, no, like, well, no, 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 well, the four. Okay, but anyway, only one. It, it, didn't, it took a while for that to happen anyway. Even when we played Man City that year, the, the first couple of months, the first month, Mm. It was only a, a little loss. So let's try and find some positives out of it. Let's go for it. Let's do our best. Colin, our, our co-host uh, on the podcast, uh, said, oh, no, he was very positive. And he was very positive about it all, wasn't he, Mike? He particularly, yeah, he was at the game and saw it. And he said there were passages of play where you could see what Javi is trying to do, where he's trying to get the Watford boys playing football. You've got to agree, somewhere there was some, some nice things starting to happen. 
I, do you know what? I have to be brutally honest, and I and I we all love Colin Colin's optimism. <laughs> Fair play. If anyone deserves um, to be optimistic, it's Colin. He goes to every single game. Uh, traipses the, the the length and the breadth of the company uh, the country with with his daughter, and he you know he sees it firsthand. And and you and you definitely do get a different take on things when you when you watch a game live. But I found it really difficult. I think one of the things that made me most despondent actually was when we did get the ball in midfield and we did have possession and did look to be sort of in a in a threatening position. All too often it was a bad ball, a hasty ball, a wrong decision. And that, that sort of fluidity, that, that, that ability to pose anything sort of really approaching even a, even a notional attacking threat, it wasn't there. We were trying to, I could see what we were trying to do, and I'm, I'm on board with Colin there. I could see what we we're trying to do, move the ball quickly, get it out wide, get down the flanks and, and attack that way. But early on in the season, those little pinged balls in the, in, the mid, in the midfield, they were going to feet, they were going into space, and we were creating something. But now it all seems so forced, so jarring and so rushed and I just think it, it just, we made it look so difficult especially when we had had the ball so defensively is one thing you know you talk about the, the, them going forward they're, they're great to watch and fair play but when we've got the ball that's the thing that, that worried me the most that we just seem completely unable to, to use it yes like I said at Colin's point I could kind of see what we were trying to do and, and on another day we, we might have we might have fared a little bit better but for me it's a really big concern um we just haven't got any attacking fluidity. That, that's the word that, you kept, that kept coming back to me, fluidity. It's not, um, it just looks forced. It looks difficult. It looks rushed. And all too often, we're, we're giving the ball away in excellent positions. And it's really, really frustrating and quite hard to watch, I thought. It is. Can, I mean, I, I do put it down to, we've been saying this for several weeks, you just think, you hope, that with, with Chalabar and with Cleverly back, that would be quite a difference in terms of turning that ball over from back to front. But, as, uh, as Alan has just said there, you know, have we got it completely wrong? How can you put three at the back against Liverpool's front three? In fact, it wasn't. It w- was that Liverpool five, Neil, or was that Salah five? Oh, no, look, it was Liverpool five. It was Liverpool absolutely hammered us. They, they, they gobbled it up at the, in the back. They, were, they bossed it in midfield. And um, when they got a chance up front, they were absolutely, absolutely ruthless. So... Liverpool battered us. Um, yes, Mo Salah is, is great, but you look at the ball in for the second just before half time, come from the come from the left back, absolutely beautiful ball in, really difficult to defend. I had quite a hard time uh, trying to explain to Arlo why it was such a good ball, talking about angles and you know, why didn't the defender kick, kick it away? I'm like, well, mate, if they try and kick it away, it's probably <laughs> going to end up in their own, in their own net. But you know, that's a contribution from Liverpool. That's a really good example of a fluid attacking move lovely break, yeah. break down the flanks incredible um, ball in uh, and a simple finish you know very very difficult to defend against and that is the exact opposite of of what we were able to do um in that game and to be honest that we've been unable to do since the whole marco silva since the wheels came off um earlier in the season at the start of the season we were doing that we were breaking and we were doing it with purpose mm. i just found it disappointing i think liverpool liverpool thrashed us but we made it too easy made it too easy <laughs> John uh, John Parslow saying it's good to have the old mic back. Uh, <laughs> it was never far below the surface. Oh, well, sometimes I think we're in the podcast and, and Colin's with us. I can see his positivity starting to wave over you, and like there's, a, there's an edge lost over over Mike. Um, that's why that's why I'm delighted he's not here. <laughs> but we are going to find a positive. There was a fantastic uh, performance, I think, generally uh, from one man, and the best nutmeg 
I've seen for a very long time from Bobby P. Uh, he was much more sprightly. He was much more, you know, maybe he was just standing out because of what was going on around him. Um, but purely from that, I don't know what you call it, step back heel, I can't do it anyway, if I even if I tried. A, a nutmeg you did on, uh, on Liverpool. Um, yeah. It was just beautiful. And it was only a, a, a nugget, which sort of, I think you can say for all bits of Watford, that's all it was. Do you think it's still in him? We've been quite negative on, on Bobby P and if he's, anything's ever going to happen with him, would he get it from him? It, it is sort of there, isn't it? Chop! <sighs> yes, mighty, thank you. A chop, he did a chop nutmeg. Phew. I'm, not, I'm just not sure about him. I think that was, yeah. that was, the, that was the one shining moment in the, in the entire game, wasn't it? And I think that, that, that says it all. Um, and you often think, don't you, that when, when we play these, play on the big stage, when we play at Man City, when we play at Liverpool, when we play Tottenham, you ex- that's, that's the day when you think people like Pereira from Juventus is going to shine and he's going to really take the ball by the, the horns, similarly Capu, and you perhaps expect a little bit more from, uh, from Richarlison and players like that who you think have got the big game temperament, who you think are, are looking at uh, perhaps a, a move to a bigger club or you know, looking just to exert a bit of influence and to show the world what they can do. But I don't think we get anywhere near enough from from Pereira. I think, um, I can't remember who I was speaking to, but they, they'd spoken to someone at the club and they said, look, without any shadow of a doubt, Roberto Pereira is the most talented player at the football club. He's, you know, his skill oozing from every pool. He's, he's a fabulous ball player. But yet... Yet, 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 despite that, we, we just don't get to see it from him, do we? It's, we're just not getting the best out of him. I don't know whether it's a fitness thing, whether he doesn't trust his, his body, um, whether he's not getting the service, whether he's not playing against uh, alongside players of a, of a suitable quality to get the best out of him. But as far as I'm concerned, I just don't think in the time he's been at Watford, we've seen anything really to get, to get too excited about. In t- potential, absolutely. Don't get me wrong, he's obviously a brilliant player, but, but in terms of what he actually delivers for us as a football club and the team, really the jury's well and truly out. And it just feels to me that in summer, it almost feels like we need a, a pretty comprehensive rebuild. Important to say, as ever, that there are injuries and that it's been a really, I think I said on Twitter, it's been a fractured season, hasn't it? It's been really bitty. Yeah, yeah, we, yeah. Had, we had to struggle with the, with the Marco Silva incident and we've had injuries that have continued to, continued to be a massive issue. So you have to take that into uh, have to take that into account. But um, I just wonder whether the personnel, you know, and I have to hold my hands up throughout the season, early in the season, we've I've been waxing lyrical about how deep the squad is, how great it is to have these players at the club. But ultimately, when when pushes come to shove, I think all too often we've been found wanting, and and again on Saturday we're found wanting quite badly. Some comments, uh, William Green. I think we should play two up top. We've got to see it. I want to see it. Troy wasn't working well on his own. We want to see something from Andre Gray. We paid some money for this. Let's try and get something from him. We still want to see two up top at some thought, point or another. I thought he was going to say, should we play two at the back? <laughs> which, well, he, which, which some might sorry. argue he did with Miguel. Poor old Miguel back there at, uh, and then left of that three on, uh, on, um, on, on Saturday evening. I, think, I did see a comment earlier, so I didn't see who it was, but he said, was it a tactical mistake to bring Britos back in um, so soon to, to face Salah and you'd have to say it, it looked like a mistake pretty quickly didn't it yeah, yeah. But sorry I've interrupted Very I've quickly. interrupted carry on uh, of things uh, Peter uh, says it looks like uh, Harry wanted five at the back but Holobas didn't get the message Paul says that we only uh, have one route of attacking play we seem to try to play very centrally and direct uh, at the minute it's either Dini or Kaka up top 
that's our substitution in terms of attack. It's straight swap almost, or go three up top, but it's never go two up top. I like this from Ross, actually. Sorry, sorry, John, I just want to pick up on this one from Ross, who says, time to start Hughes in the 10 role, rest Richarlison and move Bobby P out onto the left. Which is what we said. We said about so Jason said that. Yeah. Looking for a positive, I think Hughes came on and the the game was obviously well and truly up by the time Will Hughes came on. But what I loved about his little cameo was the way he scrapped, fought and battled for, Mm. for absolutely everything. He was sort of a bit of a dynamo and... When we're missing Tom Cleverley, who someone I saw on our, on our Twitter feed has mentioned that he's a big miss. We need someone in there who's going to rat around and really work and get a bit of energy. And I think Hughes really did that. And talking about Roberto Pereira out on the left, well, we've only seen it briefly. But when he has played out there on the left, he looked, he sort of, it was against Chelsea, I think, wasn't it? When he really... That even the he, last home game, he looked, he looked just happier. Yeah. Just a little bit happier out there. Because like, he loves running and he loves to cut in. Yeah, um, and it just seemed, you know, maybe it's it maybe it, it isn't a thing that, you know, you want him to do the whole game. But he, when he's played there, the pressure sort of is off him a little bit mm. to be sort of that central key. Yeah, he can, ex- to, he can express to get the ball through. Yeah, um, and again, that's that whole thing of committing himself, maybe playing in the middle uh, or more centrally. He sort of has to, everything has to go through him, and it maybe doesn't make him happy enough, even if we, even with his little doggy set of speakers he has should we move on from that game or do you want to keep going with hell or not no no should we move on I'd, I'd be interested to hear the feedback as to if, if I'm being too serious about it and I did see a comment again sorry I didn't see who it's from that said we didn't expect anything from the game which no which I didn't and it's the next three games which are important and I, and I totally agree with that but am I making am I being too downcast about the um, lack of challenge the lack of fight that we brought to that game because we were never ever in that game and I think for me it was a it was a big concern and, a, and I spoke earlier in the season about attracting players and attracting staff yeah. whoever we need to be we need to be sort of laying down the foundations now for next season we need to be an attractive proposition to bring players in and performances like that aren't going to help our cause I also think though the little bit of we talked about with I talked about with Colin in the last podcast the whole thing of would you change much going into the Liverpool game because it's Liverpool to try and get something from it. But actually, where we are in our, you know, this development with Javi, who's clearly playing a slightly more cautious, maybe a bit too waltery in his cautiousness and how he's playing football sometimes. He is, he, and you don't want to go and change that dramatically just for one game when we're about to go into a run of games that you want to sort of build on what we've, how it's been working against teams where it has been working. Yeah, I agree. I mean, I don't, you're not going to, it's not going to change. He's not going to change. Mm. And that's, and that's absolutely right. He's brought in for a reason. He's a certainly a lot more pragmatic in his approach than, than Marco Silva. And, and to be honest, it served us pretty well up until the last week where we've, I think perhaps we've got a right to be a little bit more disappointed with the Arsenal result because um, that was a game where probably a few of us felt we could have, could, could have got something. There was no way that was a three nil result. But perhaps the way we... Well, it was a 3-0 result, but um, it wasn't a 3-0 game, I should say. And maybe if we'd have sort of been set up slightly different or had gone in with a different mentality, we might have got something out out of that game. So, yeah, I don't think he's going to set up differently because it's Liverpool. We're not going to change his approach because I don't think that's how it works, is it? Ultimately, we've seen it enough that that managers and head coaches know how they want to play and they're going to stick to that. They might change personnel, they might tweak the tactics and stuff, but... In terms of their overall approach on how they're going to attack a game, then that's not going to change. And I think that's right. 
I think that's right. You know, the, the thing that frustrates me, go back to the start, and I know you're trying, desperately trying to get off this, this Liverpool <laughs> game. Um, but it's like when um, uh, my friend Paul's here, he's a Liverpool supporter, no doubt just, just come on to Claire. So hello, Paul, congratulations on your amazing win. Uh, well done. I'd love to know how that game would have panned out um, had we not conceded early. Because I, I think that, and another positive, along with Will Hughes, I think they got a little bit frustrated as that, that half wore on, only to, only to be 1-0 up, because I think they thought, right, floodgates are open, we're going we're gonna to steamroll a Watford now. Ultimately, they did. The only goal would have been they... an impact on Britos on his first game back for a good 10, 15 minutes after that, which yeah, we didn't really help. We kept yeah. them quiet, though, after that early goal. So had we not let in that, for that goal in the first three minutes, whatever it was, three or four minutes, then I'd have been fascinated to see what we could have done because I think that's when Javi's setup would come into its own. Frustrate, frustrate Liverpool, frustrate the home crowd, keep them, keep them at bay and then see, see what we can do at the other end. And we would have grown in confidence. I talked about the ball not going to feet, misplaced passes. I think that happened because there was sort of probably a little bit of confidence disappears when you, when you lose a goal that early. You know you're up against it. You know how difficult the game's going to be for the rest of the 87 minutes or so. So... I just, I would have loved to see what happened if we'd ever uh, we managed to keep it tight for the first first couple of minutes. But <laughs> <laughs> club announced last week uh, there's going to be a at our place uh, fans forum uh, next week and it's Wednesday. Uh, haven't done one so far this season, uh, but they are always fantastic events, aren't they? Really, really good. And I think if you've got the opportunity to get along, I really would. Um, uh, yeah, just to make sure you apply because. They're billed as an opportunity to to ask questions of the head coach, um, players, uh, and members of the staff, and and they really will answer anything anything you ask. So I think is another example of Watford understanding how important it is to to keep in touch with the supporters and to keep that community link going. They open the doors to to us, and they 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 actively welcome questions that you wouldn't ordinarily get get an answer to. There's no press there. Nothing's reported on. Uh, apart from, from, from the rookery and from time well, to no, time. No, every, no, every time we've done it, we talk about what happened and how we felt about it. We don't necessarily talk about the things that people talk about. No. So that's not uh, reporting on it directly of the topics that come up. Yeah, absolutely. And it's, it's absolutely fantastic. I th- just, would just urge anyone to go, but also go armed with questions. Go, you know, ask the burning questions. Everyone has, a, everyone has an opinion. Everyone has a, a point of view. We see that on Twitter, on Facebook and talking in the pub. Take that and voice your opinion. Ask a question to the people that actually can provide you with an answer. It's, it's Scott. I think Scott's there, is he, as well? Scott. Uh, yeah, so it's, uh, they've, they've announced um, Scott, Javi uh, and Player is all they've announced so far. But, but in the room, if they're not up on the stage taking the questions, in the room are all the senior members of staff. So if questions come up, then they can be referred to them. Um, often they can be on the stage. Uh, and often it depends how they, they, they sort of uh, run the, the night. Sometimes the first half can be football. And the second half can be a bit more uh, behind the scenes. Yeah, but that's the only that's the only structure that the club put in place. Yeah. They try and perhaps put the um, put the questions into two distinct parts. But but you really can ask ask anything within reason. Obviously, if you want to know how much um, Trodini's paid after tax, then you're probably not going to get an answer to that question. But if you've got sensible probing questions, you're, you're going to get an answer. And I think this is a reminder of you know we talked about the Liverpool game. I don't think you get this at you know, I don't think you get this at Anfield. I don't think you get it at Man United. I don't think you get it at Tottenham. I don't think you get it at Arsenal. You get to speak to the people who are on the front line. Scott's always very, very good. Um, if there's a commercially sensitive reason why he can't answer a question, he will explain that. But you get treated like a grown-up. 
you the questions are invited um and you're amongst like-minded people what's what what's what's not to love i would heartily recommend if you can get there be there so, so apply for that place yep uh the other thing we need to discuss is what we're doing on july the 22nd what do we sign yeah. ourselves up for michael <laughs> But well, I probably shouldn't be drinking, should I? Because uh, um, so on, on, the on the 22nd of July, we are going to walk from St Albans, which is here, to Wembley, right. which is all the way, all the way over there. Um, and um, the reason being um, is we had, uh, from my personal point of view, we had a bit of sad news. My dad was uh, diagnosed with uh, with prostate cancer, which as we all know, affects a lot of men across the country. 45, uh, one person, one man every 45 minutes dies of, of prostate cancer, which is, which is obviously a, a hugely worrying and an upsetting statistic. But uh, luckily with Dad, the prognosis is good. He's in high spirits. Treatment's underway. Um, so we've got our fingers crossed for, for the old man. Um, but obviously we wanted to do something to support prostate cancer and the work they do and made even easier by the, by the links that they have with, with football. So they've got the walk on the 22nd of July. In conjunction with, um, there's lot, I think there's multiple walks, different routes yeah, on, different the, routes, on the same yeah, day, yeah. all culminating at Wembley. But we start at St Albans, go via Vicarage Road, um, then Barnet, then Wembley. So it's 26 miles. So me, my brother and sister are doing it. And of course, my extended family as well. John, you're doing it with me, Jace, uh, DCW and Kieran. And uh, then the uh, daddy of the group, Colin, is going to check his diary, um, check his... Uh, check his walking boots and get back to us as to whether he can join it. But yeah, so 26 miles to raise money for, for Prostate Cancer UK. No doubt, because you're there, John, we'll have a microphone uh, uh, with us, so we'll, uh, we'll record it. Uh, my, my current idea is to podcast throughout it, to do a little mini podcast that we'll put up throughout the whole day so people can sort of see how we're doing, if you want to. Not see, no, you won't see how we're doing, because that might not look pretty, but you can hear our, <laughs> our struggle, hopefully, in our voices, or, or not, if we're fully trained. Uh, and yeah. all uh, uh, hydrated, as, as, as you're meant to do. Uh, what, what's the link? Uh, it's justgiving.com forward slash? Uh, parking Walk. So obviously my surname oh. is Parkin. P-A-R-K-I-N Walk. Parking Walk. Just, justgiving.com forward slash Parking Walk. And, um, you know, apologies in advance. We'll probably bang the drum for this over, over the next couple of weeks because obviously we want to raise money. We want to raise awareness. Um, but all money goes to, to that amazing course. Um, you know, there's a lot of there's a lot of um, a lot of coverage about prostate cancer, but that doesn't stop it from being really, really serious. And from a, a research and, and treatment point of view, they're incredibly underfunded. There needs to be more money. Um, there needs to be more awareness. So, so that's why we're doing that. And of course, get well soon to uh, to dad, despite him being a Geordie. Get well soon. <laughs> well, I remember hearing on the news um, a couple of months ago that for the first time uh, in a forever, I think maybe uh, that prostate cancer has gone above. Uh, breast cancer uh, in the number of deaths but we know the mass amount of work that uh, breast cancer awareness have done uh, and so prostate cancer are trying to do exactly the same thing so uh, if you can go justgiving.com forward slash parking walk uh, and uh, yeah donate whatever you can um, there's so many of us we've got a near on uh, 1800 something that we've got to make yeah we've got to make 1800 quid as a minimum so i think we're at 800 yeah. Um, but okay. yeah, chipping away. The other thing, of course, the other way you can support is if you don't want to sponsor us, you can do it yourself. Um, yes, you can. You can, you can, you can sign up to, to do the walk. I think it's a 30 quid uh, entrance free and then you have to commit to, to raise 300 quid. It'd be, it'd be great to see as many Watford fans there as, as possible. But if you can't join us on the walk, then 
all sponsorship is um, is greatly received. It goes to a, it goes to an amazing cause, and there's people up and down the country whose lives are being affected by it, just like ours has um, on a you know hour by hour basis. So, thanks very much in advance. I am trying to see if Adam Leventhal's coming online. I haven't seen him yet, Mike, because we're going to chat to him uh, about Tales of the Vicarage that's going on this Sunday night. Wonderfully timed in the international break. No Watford game, but plenty of Watford love uh, at the Palace Theatre. That's going to be good. All about Alec Chamberlain. Alec and friends, isn't it? Yeah, there's some, there's some real, um, real luminaries there. And it just got me thinking why um, anyone had any ideas for who would player of the season would be. Player of the season? Yeah. Oh, already? That's where I'm at. I'm thinking about the end of the season already. And I'm trying to think... We, there was a conversation on Twitter about um, Seb Prudel being player of the season last year. And I just wonder who, who it would be, um, who it'd be this season. Isn't it obvious? Isn't it obvious? I, I can't accept player of the season, John. <laughs> <laughs> no, you can't. Charlie's saying um, to Kure for, for player of the season. It would have to he be, is. yeah. Paul, I... Paul Wittenbury saying that as well. Paul I Green, can't think Max... of anybody else. Adrian Mariapa. Now, I'm, I'm, uh, I'd, I'd fight Maps's corner because I think his contribution has been, has been massive, been absolutely extraordinary um, and unexpected as well, which I like. But, yeah, Michael's saying Decore, Andy Leakes is saying Decore, so it looks like I might be, uh, might be outvoted on that one. But, yeah, I, I think he's gone off the boil as well, but he's been asked, asked to do so much more in the last, um, last couple of weeks, has he, with, with, with Cleverly out. Uh, Alan Lathwell, Dukes, end of. There he is, Daniel Lally, Burkhouse. We'll leave that for Geordie. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I think uh, Decore. And do we think the you know the other question then? So right. two questions: Will Decore leave, and how much for? I know we've covered this on the podcast, but yeah. how much do we need for 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 Abdullah Decore? Let us know. People were uh, commenting on um, how little they thought that uh, Colin was thought he was worth, which was yeah quite controversial. Twenty-five million says Paul Wittenbury. I'd say that's far too too too, uh, too cheap. Adam Segal says forty million. Stuart Shepherd says forty slash fifty million. Uh, and I'm inclined to agree that's got to be the ballpark figure. Um, Matt McDonald would like us to sit, like to see us let Britos go. I don't think we're going to command forty to uh, fifty million quid for Miguel Britos. John, uh, hello, John, cousin John, thirty-six million quid. That's very exact. Mikey Delasale, similar, thirty-eight million. Sigurdsson. This is a really good point from Daniel Lally. Sigerson went for, for 45 million quid. Should we be looking for a similar, similar ballpark, especially considering um, how young he is? Um, yeah, and Michael Germain says 45 million onwards. I think his age um, plays a big factor. I love these exact, uh, these exact price figures. 42.5 million plus add-ons. Right. Uh, I think that yeah, his age is going to be a thing. And the question is, are these add-ons and stuff that we need to consider, uh, let's say, and, and what, what's cash... What's poss- possibility? Um, and I think someone did say in one of our comments, it depends how much his replacement would cost. Well, absolutely. But what you'd, you'd say is, I can't remember who the co-commentator was on the, on the Liverpool game, but he said, was it um, Owen Hargreaves? And he said, yes, it will fully expect Decore to leave because that's the, the Pozzo model. And I think we have to remind ourselves that, yes, absolutely, that is the model. We get them in at a relatively low, low price and then they move on. And then it's the job of the network. You know, we're, we're very proud of, uh, we're very happy to sort of talk about, uh, to fight back when people complain about the model. And we, we're very proud of it and we're very vocal about explaining how it works. So we have to back it when, when, when players move on. And I don't think it's about, you don't buy a replacement for Decore because we know his value now. So what we have to do is get a player in 
who we think can replace him, but he's going to cost five, six, seven, you know, maybe 10, 11 million quid, which is still incredible to say. But that's, <laughs> yeah. that's how it works for Watford, isn't it? It is, um, and it's the world we're going to live in for, for a while. But they say, the, who's, who's next? And I suppose we're not quite sure who the next person is in the current squad to replace him. Andy, Andy Leakes here has just asked who Zalo think is, is player of the season. Um, at the moment, it's, uh, he absolutely adores Delafoe. <laughs> Even though he's played <laughs> played about three games, but he thinks yeah. he's, uh, he thinks he's absolutely brilliant. So, uh, yeah. But Arlo's still he got he was cross watching the Liverpool game. He was furious. He, t- he takes after his uh, he takes after his old man. I'll let you get on. Cheers. Come on, you hornets. No, I can't bring Adam on camera. They can't join your broadcast at this time. Oh, Adam wants to talk about. Um... Uh, April Tales of the Vicarage, what's coming up on Sunday, and also a special thing that's going on uh, where you can prepare yourselves for uh, the something you can bring along. Uh, Tales of the Vicarage uh, do support uh, Kit Aid, which is a very important charity, uh, which Graham Taylor, Graham Taylor uh, was a patron of. Uh, and at the event on uh, Sunday, uh, there will be an ability for you to drop off uh, old kit. Uh, that will be taken uh, to the third world uh, and help start teams. I mean, there's lots of pictures you see from their, their Twitter feed where you can literally see a whole team uh, wearing yellow and wearing Watford shirts. So they're not just Watford, of course, uh, they're any team. So you might actually know someone at work, you might go into work and say, hi guys, I'm going to this event on Sunday. Uh, do you have any old kit? Uh, it might be too small, probably for some of us. Um, but it might be just uh, unused uh, or just not being used as much. Uh, it could be a, a top that you've had in, in the drawer for too long. You just think, I just don't need it anymore. Uh, why not go and give that excitement of football that we love so much uh, to someone there? So, uh, yes, yeah, kit aid. Uh, so if you can bring shirts uh, to uh, the event on Sunday uh, at the Palace Theatre, or if you've not got a ticket, uh, if you're going by, there might be a way for you to drop it off. Uh, in their, their bins or their, their things that hold it all uh, to support a charity which uh, is fantastic for football uh, and again supported by uh, Graham Taylor uh, before his passing. So thank you very much. Uh, thanks to Mike again uh, and thank you very much. Uh, do subscribe to the podcast uh, via, via iTunes or via Apple Podcasts uh, where you can find us at fromtherookerend.com uh, and also follow us on Twitter if you like. Uh, you're already following us here on, uh, on Facebook. Uh, Twitter's at Watford Podcast and Instagram as well. Uh, so, uh, yeah, thank you very much. Uh, and this has been John and Mike, live on Facebook.